0: Mike, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Good, good, good. Okay. Oh, good, it's working. <laughs> right. A few weeks ago, I stood here and I brought the message: "Glory, glory, Man United." For those of you who were on holiday that week, don't worry. There was a good, sound, theological reason given at the time for the gratuitous football reference. But it was all based around God's glory and our unity in Him. So today's talk, I said at the time there was too much to cram in. So today's talk is going to follow on from that. Glory, glory, Man United, part two. Or maybe He'll support you evermore. Right, we started to look at the scripture in John 17. And it's sometimes known as the priestly prayer of Jesus. And we discussed how... Jesus's prayer in John 17 divides into three parts so Jesus prays for himself he then prays for the disciples and in the last part of his prayer he prays for those who will believe in me through their message that's us so before I go any further and if technology allows let's hear Jesus prayer again are we ready to go
1: Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that the Son may give glory to you. For you gave him authority over all people, so that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him. And eternal life means to know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have shown your glory on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. Father, give me glory in your presence now, the same glory I had with you before the world was made. I have made you known to those you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me. They have obeyed your word, and now they know that everything you gave me comes from you. I gave them the message that you gave me, and they received it. They know that it is true that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you gave me, for they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and my glory is shown through them and now I am coming to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one, just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I protected them and not one of them was lost, except the man who was bound to be lost, so that the scripture might come true. And now I am coming to you and I say these things in the world so that they might have my joy in their hearts in all its fullness. I gave them your message and the world hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. But I do not ask you to take them out of the world but I do ask you to keep them safe from the evil one. Just as I do not belong to the world, they do not belong to the world. Dedicate them to yourself by means of the truth. Your word is truth. I sent them into the world just as you sent me into the world. And for their sake, I dedicate myself to you in order that they too may be truly dedicated to you. I pray not only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their message. I pray that they may all be one. Father, may they be in us, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they be one so that the world will believe that you sent me. I gave them the same glory you gave me, so that they may be one just as you and I are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be completely one, in order that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them as you love me. Father, you have given them to me, and I want them to be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, the glory you gave me. For you loved me before the world was made. Righteous Father. The world does not know you but i know you and these know that you sent me i made you known to them and i will continue to do so in order that the love you have for me may be in them and so that i also may be in them
0: okay glad that worked it's better than me standing and reading it out. There's a lot in there, and that's why we've done this over a couple of weeks. That's from the Visual Bible, if anyone's interested. I Googled it and found it. I'm sure you can do the same. It's just great. I love it. So, Jesus' priestly prayer. I quoted, the last time I was here, I quoted a guy called Derek Manelson um, in his writing. He he writes about the Jesus prayers for us. I quoted him last month. He said something great, and I'll, I'll read it out again because it's worth hearing just to put this all in context again. He says, one of the most encouraging experiences as a Christian is to be prayed for by someone else. Not only prayed for, but prayed with. When someone prays for you in your presence, something special happens in your heart. You feel warmed and encouraged There's a sense of intimacy both between you and the other person and between you and God. It's one of the best ways to build relationships between Christians and one of the surest ways of ensuring unity in the church. It's pretty hard for division to exist and take hold when people are praying together. Now, I'm sure you heard, as I heard, the announcement for next week for the prayer meeting. That's an opportunity for all of us. Let's take it. I had the great privilege last week of praying with a group of guys at the Red 59 event in Dundee. Now, they'll have no idea, I'm sure, how much I was built up by them in those 10 minutes that we were together, or how much the effect of that support carried through into the following week as well. Prayer works. Prayer works. And I'll say it again, it is one thing for us to pray For and with one another, but it's quite another thing to realize that we have Jesus interceding on our behalf. Jesus prays for you. Jesus goes to the Father on your behalf. He is the one who even now lives to make intercession for us, as it says in Hebrews. He is the one who is raised again and sits at the right hand of God who intercedes for us. Jesus prays for us. Let that sink in. Jesus praise for you. The last month, we mainly looked at one aspect of the prayer. That was unity, the coming together, the oneness that Jesus talks about in the prayer there. And that was the last section of the prayer. God's love was the foundation, and we talked about the glory and the unity. Glory, glory, man united with God. So, the key point for me last time was that this unity was not something that we achieved by our own efforts. Our unity emerges as as a result of us each remaining in Jesus by being focused on Him. I loved uh, A.W. Tozer's thought in The Pursuit of God. He says this, I'll read this to you. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? That they're of one accord Being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So, a hundred worshippers all meeting together, each one looking to Christ, when that happens, we're nearer to one another than we could possibly be were we to suddenly become unity conscious and turn our eyes away from God and strive for closer unity. We're following. Aye, good, good. Unity through Christ. Remain in Him. Now, next time I hope that we can look at the aspect of glory in Jesus' prayer. But today I'd like to spend some time on the the middle section of the prayer where Jesus prays for His disciples. So, round about verse 10, 11 through to about verse 20 if you're taking notes you can go back and read through this as well but in this passage and this is jesus's final moments with his disciples just before he's been arrest- just before he got arrested jesus prays for the disciples now he knows that he'll believe in them and he also knows that praying for them is the best way to prepare them for what's ahead so jesus prays for three things these are the three important things to jesus's mind that the disciples needed Besides unity, he prays for protection, and he prays for sanctification. Now, we'll have a look at that just now. So, Jesus prays for protection. He says this, he says, Holy Father, protect them in your name, this is verse 11, that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. Now, I read somewhere recently that Native American Indians had a unique sort of practice for training young men. On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after learning hunting and shooting and fishing skills, he was put to one final test. And he's placed in a dense forest and has to spend the entire night there alone. Until then, he's never been away from the security of his family or of the tribe. But on this night, he's blindfolded and he's taken several miles away. And when they take off the blindfold, he's in the middle of this thick woods and he's terrified. Every time a twig snaps, he visualizes that there's a wild animal there ready to pounce. And for what seems like an eternity, he waits through the night until dawn breaks and the first rays of light start to hit and he can start to make out trees and flowers and a path and distant mountains and all that kind of stuff. And after looking around to his utter astonishment, he looks and he sees a man standing only 10 feet away from him, armed with a bow and arrow. It's the boy's dad. He's been standing there all night. And it's a great picture. Because I can imagine that from the boy's point of view. I can also imagine that from the dad's point of view. But he's been there the whole time, watching over him. And so, Jesus' first prayer in this section is for our protection unlike that boy, we've got the benefit of knowing in advance that our father's going to protect us. Although just like the the young boy, we don't always see it. We're not always fully aware of it, but really we know. And Jesus has laid this foundation in there already. He has prayed for our protection. We know that he's guarding us. Jesus asks the father to protect us Holy Father, protect them in your name, the name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. And a little later on, he prays, I ask you to protect them from the evil one. Um, Eugene Patterson, the, the chap that uh, produced the message uh, translation, he says that the, the word, protect he translates the word protect as guard. And I hope that's helpful. I think it's quite helpful. It's a a good way of seeing it, especially when you think of the father watching over. He's guarding. He's watching over the son, like in the story when he's in the woods alone. So that's the protection that God gives us. He's watching over us. He's guarding us. What are we being protected from? Again, we've just talked about it. Jesus mentions that We receive protection from the evil one. He's asking that we be protected when we're faced with temptation. He's asking that we're protected when we're faced with opposition. He's asking that we're protected when we're faced with persecution. And Jesus takes it as inevitable that we will face such things. And this is interesting. He doesn't pray, he doesn't ask that we'd be removed from these troubles. Jesus says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. We heard it there. He says it in the prayer. I do not ask you to take them out of this world. Wouldn't it be so much easier if God would just reach down and lift us up out of our difficulties, like he could take us out of the world that we're in and drop us just somewhere over here in an ideal world, an ideal world that's perfect for us or that we think is perfect for us without the trouble, without the strife, without the pain, without all that, wouldn't that just be so much easier? But while we're in the world, and by world, what I take that to mean as man's fallen state with all of its imperfections and injustices, the world that we know. Jesus wants us to be protected while we're in this world and guarded. We are in it, but he wants us to be protected and guarded. Now, I understand, I'm no great scholar, but I understand that the the word that's taken in, in the Greek is a word called terio, which means to protect or to guard, but it can also mean to preserve. Jesus wants us to be preserved while we're in the world. So Jesus' prayer for protection is a prayer that the disciples would remain in and be shaped by the revelation of God that they've received from Him. They'll stay in that. They'll not lose it. They'll not turn their backs on the revelation of the God that they've encountered. But they'll stay with Him. It's protection that they'll stay in that relationship. So, and He's praying it now so that they'll remain in that protected state, even after he's no longer with them. Remain in me, Jesus says. Remain in me. The last time I was here, I said, look, this this is John 17, but do yourselves a favor. Go back to John 14 and take it right through because the context is everything here. The context is everything. This is all about the deepness and the closeness of the relationship that the Father has with Jesus, that Jesus wants with us, that he wants to bring us into. That's what it's all about. So if we start in there, it, it, it makes more sense of why Jesus is praying the way that he prays. So yes, please read the prayer in your own time, but go back a couple of chapters, take it from John 14 and take it through that way. So Jesus says, remain in me. That's how we do it. That's how we overcome. Remain in me. And Jesus says, protect them in your name that you have given me. Manelson that I spoke to, I spoke about earlier who's written a lot on this subject that's helped me a lot, he says this. (coughs) He says, basically what Jesus is saying is, Father, help them to remain true to what they've received from me. No matter what they face in this world, no matter how the evil one attacks them, help them to remain in me. Preserve them, protect them, and guard them. So this prayer request from Jesus is also to ensure the unity of the believers And that mirrors the unity of the Father and the Son. Jesus prays, protect them in your name so that they may be one as we are one. So he's protecting our unity as well, that we're not fighting each other, that we're not at odds with each other, that we're not separated from each other or separated from Jesus. It's a unity that's so important to Jesus that he's asking for protection for so Jesus seeks the Father's help to preserve our unity with him and with each other in the face of these adversities, in the face of the evil, in the face of all the things that life throws of us. Jesus is, acting that the, is asking the Father to protect our unity and our love for him and for one another. suppose what we're saying here is Jesus is the church's life, our church's life, the church's life, is being entrusted into God's care. Being entrusted, he's asking for that protection. So, he preserves the oneness in the relationship that exists between the believer and Jesus. Nothing on earth can tear us away from our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But it's only by living in and through difficulties and by experiencing the troubles of this world that we can know and experience and rely upon the saving love and grace and protection of God. That's how we grow in faith. That's how we grow in character. This is how we overcome. We keep hearing, it's often repeated, you know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Well, contrary to pop music and Instagram wisdom, I think what we're getting here is these things should kill us. They're designed to kill us, but make us stronger. It's about dying to self, being joined with Christ and overcoming in Him. Okay. That's how we grow in faith. That's how we grow in character. That's how we overcome. When Jesus prays, I do not ask you to take them out of this world. It's for our good. Slowly but surely, he wants us to become more like him. And that leads me to my next point. Jesus prays for sanctification. Jesus' second part in this prayer is for sanctification. First protection, then sanctification, then unity, which we spoke about last time. And sanctification here means to be made holy. And being made holy means being set apart. So Jesus wants us to be consecrated, set apart, holy, for His service. And it's to do with being set apart for the services of God, for the purposes of God. Jesus is praying that we'd be set apart by the truth of who He is, and it's for the purpose of being sent into this world. We are in the world, but we do not, as Jesus says, belong to the world. Being holy, sanctified, and consecrated means that we belong to God, and He set us apart for a purpose. That's you, that's me. Set apart for a purpose. There is a purpose. We have a purpose in God. We're not pointless. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. God Just as God has set us apart, his own son, for a mission into the world. So Jesus is asking the Father to set us apart as disciples for God's work in the world. And as Jesus says, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We heard it in the prayer. He says it in the scripture. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Please remember, we are a sent people I know Jesus prayed for himself in this prayer then he prays for the disciples and then he prays for the believers to come. And that this part of the prayer is for the disciples. But let's understand something here. Those disciples were commissioned to make disciples and these disciples were commissioned to make disciples and those those disciples were commissioned to make disciples. And these disciples were commissioned to make disciples and those disciples were commissioned to make disciples. And those disciples were commissioned to make disciples, and eventually, some of those disciples came to make disciples of us, and we are to make disciples. So we are being commissioned, we are being sent by Jesus, but we are also being prayed for and supported by Jesus here. Amen? He's with us. It says here, take it from verse 16, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world, for I sanctify myself too, that they may be fully sanctified. Another wee quote from Manelson here, sanctification is not about clean or perfect life, but an obedient life. The attraction of the world, the weakness of the flesh, the onslaught of the devil, these are daily battles. It involves purifying of the whole life of the person or the thing that's to be in service to God. So in the Old Testament, it usually conveyed an idea of something being made sacred. That's when we talked about sanctification. That's what we're talking about, making something sacred. And it was usually by the burning of the sacrifice. And that was usually to purify from sin. But here, we're not talking about purification from sin. Jesus purified himself, sanctified himself, even though he had no sin because he set himself, and what he did was he set himself apart as a sacrificial offering to God so that we might be pure and holy. So sanctification is not about simply just avoiding or escaping the world and its ways, but it's about yielding and surrendering to God. It's about being set apart. It doesn't mean that we're stored away, but it does mean that we remain in Him. We stay in Him that connection, that bond, that trust, that love, we remain in Him. We say we're hidden in Christ. We are, but we're not stored away. Okay, so probably the last point here. I'll pick up on, I've sent them into the world. The purpose of Jesus' prayer and His prayer for protection, sanctification, unity, is that we would be prepared for being sent into the world, Jesus doesn't ask the Father to preserve us merely to wait until Jesus comes again. I think we've got that message now. But Jesus says, as you've sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. In verse 18, we are preserved and protected and consecrated and made holy and made one and unified so that we can continue Jesus' work in the world For we are in the world, even if we're not of the world, and while we're here, we each have a purpose in God. Every one of us, nobody's left out. We each have a purpose in God. Jesus' work was to reveal the Father, to show His love for the world, and to live out this love so that we would all believe. Jesus did this by going to the cross, by giving up His life for others. And just as Jesus' purpose... And mission was to be set apart for God's work in the world. So his disciples are to be set apart, sanctified for God's work in the world. Jesus was able to do this and to follow it all through because the Father loved him and he loved the Father. They are one. And he glorified the Father and the Father glorified him as a result. Perfect unity remaining in him. But we are called to witness to Jesus' work on the cross and to God's love for us. And our work and our witness must express love for one another based on the love that Jesus has revealed to us. In other words, unless we allow Jesus to love us, it's going to be difficult for us to love others. We need to know what that love is, to really know it, not just hear about it, but to know it before we can express it. But that's our job, witness to what he did and to express that love to others. This love is evidence that Jesus was sent by the Father. And Jesus' prayer for us is not that we will simply be protected until he returns, but it's also that we'll be sent just as he was sent. And we have a mission, and we have a share in his mission, and only through the unity of love in Him and with one another can we live out this mission. Jesus' prayer and His request that we be protected and sanctified and unified are all to the purpose of being a witness to the world around us. That's why we're still in it. His disciples continue Jesus' mission in the world, and we have been commissioned to. I know that unity was last month's theme, but it's all interconnected in this prayer. It's all woven through unity, protection, sanctification, glory, love. It's all in there. And the love and unity that we are to show to the world is to mirror the love that Jesus shows us. Our love for one another should be a costly love, a sacrificial love, where we're willing to lay down our lives or our pride or our ego, or our agendas, the stuff that makes us us, we can lay that aside just in the very same way that Jesus laid aside his life for us. We do the same for him and for those that he sent us to. This is also what it means. This is an interesting one. We'll get into this maybe next time. This is also what it means to receive glory. Jesus received glory by proceeding to his appointed hour in deep obedience. His glorification includes his death. So in following Jesus along the same path, protected by God, remaining in his love, submitting to sanctification, sacrificially loving others, dying to self, in this process we too will receive glory. It says in verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me, says Jesus And it kind of reminds me of when Jesus, in Matthew's gospel, says, whoever loses their life for me will find it. This is true life. This is true life, abiding in him, living the life that he's called us to. This is life, and giving up ourselves to do so. I'll finish in a minute. If the band could maybe get ready, that would be good. But Jesus' prayer for us... I said this the last time, it's very important that we recognize that this passage is a prayer. Jesus is asking His Father to accomplish all these things. In other words, the pressure's off. There's no pressure on us. We don't have to perform or work at a certain level of performance or any of that stuff. He's asking the Father to do these things, to accomplish these things. It's a prayer. He's asking His Father to make us one in heart and mind. This is good news. Because these aren't things that we can accomplish ourselves or in our own strength. We cannot protect and sanctify ourselves. We can't make ourselves one and create unity amongst ourselves, although we must desire these things. Jesus simply says, remain in me. That's how we do it. Jesus has us covered. I made your name known to them. I will make it known so that the love which you have loved me will be in them and I in them. God's love is the key. Jesus is praying for you. He was raised and sits at the right hand of God. He intercedes for us. He'll support you evermore. Now go out into the world in love and without fear. Glory, glory, man united with Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening.